Welcome, friends. I'm Rev. Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for January 29, 2024. Today's Old Testament lesson is from Numbers 22, verses 1 to 21. Learning a lesson from Balak and Balaam. Israel moved from there to the hills of Moab, where they camped across the Jordan River from the town of Jericho. When King Balak of Moab and his people heard how many Israelites there were, and what they had done to the Amorites, he and the Moabites were terrified and panicked. They said to the Midianite leaders, That huge mob of Israelites will wipe out everything in sight, like a bull eating grass in a field. So King Balak sent a message to Balaam son of Beor, who lived among his relatives in the town of Pethor, near the Euphrates River. It said, I need your help. A large group of people has come here from Egypt and settled near my territory. They are too powerful for us to defeat. So would you come and place a curse on them? Maybe then we can run them off. I know that anyone you bless will be successful, but anyone you curse will fail. The leaders of Moab and Midian left and took along money to pay Balaam. When they got to his house, they gave him Balak's message. Spend the night here, Balaam replied, and tomorrow I will tell you the Lord's answer. So the officials stayed at his house. During the night, God asked Balaam, Who are these people at your house? They are messengers from King Balak of Moab, Balaam answered. He sent them to ask me to go to Moab and put a curse on the people who have come there from Egypt. They have settled everywhere around him, and he wants to run them off. But God replied, Don't go with Balak's messengers. I have blessed those people who have come from Egypt, so don't curse them. The next morning Balaam said to Balak's officials, Go on back home. The Lord says I cannot go with you. The officials left and told Balak that Balaam refused to come. Then Balak sent a larger group of officials, who were even more important than the first ones. They went to Balaam and told him that Balak had said, Balaam, if you come to Moab, I'll pay you very well and do whatever you ask. Just come and place a curse on these people. Balaam answered, even if Balak offered me a palace full of silver or gold, I wouldn't do anything to disobey the Lord my God. You are welcome to spend the night here, just as the others did. I will find out if the Lord has something else to say about this. That night, God said, Balaam, I'll let you go to Moab with Balak's messengers, but do only what I say. So Balaam got up the next morning, saddled his donkey, then left with the Moabite officials. Contemporary English Version Israel was at the cusp of finally entering the Promised Land. They had been delivered out of Egyptian slavery, wandered in the desert for 40 years, and defeated all the tribes of the Transjordan in order to get to where they were going. Fear had fallen on all the people surrounding Israel because of their success. The nation of Moab knew that Israel would not be defeated in battle, 
but maybe they could be defeated in a different way. So they hired a professional seer to put a curse on Israel. The seer, or diviner, Balaam, initially refused the offer, even though it was a lucrative one. But he finally acceded and went, with the caveat that he could only do what the Lord tells him to do. Balak the Moabite desperately wanted Balaam to curse the Israelites. Balak essentially hired the most famous and effective diviner he could find. He fully expected all this to work in his favor in order to give him an advantage over Israel. Was Balaam a real prophet of God or just a self-serving shaman? Although our text for today is essentially positive in its tone, subsequent generations look back on Balaam and understand him as in league with evil. Although as biblical readers we might be somewhat flummoxed about what to really make of Balaam, he really serves as a mirror to the nature of humanity. For we are all people who are capable of both great evil and altruistic good, and everything in between. There is no such thing as a person who is all bad or all good. All of us are some sort of mix of those two. Therefore, every one of us needs to be vigilant in how we shall then live, what choices we will make, what sort of goals we will establish, what kind of people we will listen to and follow. If we seek to take some lessons from this story, perhaps we might do well to consider the motives of the main characters, Balak and Balaam. Balak was filled with dread and fear. Sickening fear and anxiety is most certainly one of the great emotional and spiritual hazards of our time. His debilitating fear was that he and his nation would be destroyed by Israel. Yet if you consider this, it is a groundless anxiety. Israel was all too willing to pass through on their way to the promised land without a fight. It was only when attacked that they fought back and destroyed other nations. Balak wasted a bunch of wealth and worry on something that wasn't even going to happen unless he himself provoked it. It is likely that worry, fear, and anxiety, like Balak, is not serving you well. It's keeping you under the tyranny of what might happen. And it is in such a state that we make poor decisions, such as consulting diviners to assuage us worry. Balaam allowed himself to be manipulated into believing he could make his small fortune. After all, this nation of people needed him and he perhaps vainly imagined he was doing the right thing and being above board. But Yahweh is not like other gods. In reality, there was no way Balaam was going to cajole God to get what he wanted. It may have worked that way in paganism, but wasn't going to happen with the sovereign Lord of the universe. In the end, it was God who used Balaam for God's own purpose not the other way around. Some people want what they want and arrogantly assume that if they pray a lot, 
have their requests offered on many prayer chains, or if they just use the right language and exhibit enough passion that God will surely have to answer them and give them what they want. But Christian prayer is not like other prayer. Matthew chapter 6 verses 7 to 8 says, When you pray, don't talk on and on as people do who don't know God. They think God likes to hear long prayers. Don't be like them, Jesus said. Your Father knows what you need even before you ask. Everything comes down to trusting God and obeying his commands. When all is said and done, after all the fear and worry are spent, there is God waiting for us to come and place faith in the divine law and promises. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 13 to 14 Everything you were taught can be put into a few words. Respect and obey God. This is what life is all about. God will judge everything we do, even what is done in secret, whether good or bad. Amen.